if you want to get somebody to read your website top to bottom, tell a story. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Today, I'm excited to bring on Jeff Duggins of Outdoor Network Services. And today, we're going to take a deep dive into why having an online presence is so important in your landscaping business. I know many of you out there are thinking, nah, it's not that big of a deal. I get most of my leads from word of mouth, word of mouth. Now, I agree, word of mouth is very important. But Jeff goes on to explain why it's so important to have your online presence in addition to your word of mouth marketing. So you do not want to miss today's episode. Stick around after a quick word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Busy. Busy Busy is so simple to use and it's the most reliable GPS time tracking app on the market. And the best part is it was built for landscapers. Busy Busy's founder created Busy Busy because he owns multiple construction companies and needed to understand better which projects were making him money and which projects were killing him. Payroll is the highest variable cost in the project, so you better be tracking it. Busy Busy does this better than anyone else. So download Busy Busy today and don't forget to mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast to get three free months. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So, If you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm excited to bring on Jeff Duggins of Outdoor Network Services. Jeff actually started working in the computer industry as a, a software developer and then really got tired of the uh, the hustle and the grind of everything going on in the corporate world. Decided he's going to open up his own pond and water business in Lexington, Kentucky. It's called H2O Designs. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. So, Jeff, you mind sharing a little bit about your story of how you actually got started in the marketing side of things since you went from the corporate world to Pond and then into the marketing? Yeah. So, um, you know, it was when I went into the um, the Pond world, I got a lot of information from a lot of different people on how to you know, build Ponds and do this and do this. So I was receiving a ton of information to build that. 
And I got to thinking about, you know, what what can I do to give back to this community that's helping me out to get started in the business? And, and one of the things that I that I knew was, um, you know, websites and software and that type of thing. So I started really just, um, you know, I built my own website, obviously, for the company. And it was doing really well and just started at, at events and talking to people and saying, hey, you know, you need to do this. You need to do this. This is what you need to look for. And the, and the bits and pieces to putting together. And by, you know, that's 15, 17 years ago. So it wasn't as the Internet was there, but it wasn't like it is today. Mm-hmm. So web, websites were really the, the main thing going on at that time. And we would do, you know, we would we'd just sit down with people, help them. And we even um, developed a couple of um, small websites for people, you know, on the side to gain a little extra cash. And mainly was just helping, you know, I even had a couple of manufacturers that invited us in to do roundtables and things like that to talk about online marketing and stuff like that. So with that being said, you know, then I, I, I met my partner in our online marketing business, BJ. And then we so sort of came together and started helping more people and more people with that. And it's kind of like my, my pawn business did. We you know we started in one customer. We started gaining more and more and more and more and more doing things with that. So that's kind of where that part of it just grew into a business with that. That's awesome. You mind sharing a little bit about the outdoor network services and what is actually it used to be formerly known as ponds, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And this will kind of add on to your, your previous question, too. What happened with Outdoor Network Services, which Ponds, which started as another company name as well, we started taking that let's help our friends and colleagues in the pond industry, you know, build websites. And then um, my partner came with this idea. He said, what if, we, what if we link all these websites together through a common platform? Because not to get into the gross details of the way Google works, it's like having a group of friends if you're in a, in a middle school or high school. If you have a group of friends that are all talking to each other, you have a group that creates a bigger crowd um, with that. So the linking part of it. So we started linking these customers together. Then we started building websites. And what we found was, is with one website over here doing by itself, you know, you're going to get decent results. But when you have a group of people, especially of like uh, minded people or like targeting like products and services, Google actually likes that and raises everybody up together. So that kind of helped the group, we do, obviously we started off with a small group of 10 to 20 people that were doing that. And then it just sort of kept growing and growing. Everything we tried, it kind of, it was successful. And we tried again. So it was, it was a lot of trial and error because if anybody knows anything about Google, they don't share with you. They give you tips, but they'll never tell you exactly what they look for to get you ranked. And it still is to this day. You're doing, you're doing different things to try to, you know, get our customers to rank above their competitors and do things like that. So with Outdoor Network Services, where we are today We've just sort of kept growing this private group, if you will, of websites that are all linked into the Central Hub website, and that helps grow things together. One of the things we focus on is making sure that the websites are responsive, they're going to convert, and they show up online. So that's the three things that we think are really important for our customers, and we, we have great success with that. That's one thing I really like about your story and then how you guys have created something a little bit different than what other uh, website developers out there are doing. So that's awesome. So today we actually wanted to kind of dive in and talk about why it's important to have a good online presence. And, you know, it's really just an essential part of your business. You mind sharing a little bit about that, Jeff, and why you feel so important? Absolutely. So with an online presence, just like I said, in in today's world, it's not just having a good website. That's great. It's not just having a good social media presence only. It's not just having a good Google My Business presence only. It's, ha- it's kind of taking all the pieces of the puzzle and putting them together, especially in, in recent, you know, I'd say the last 10 years, the social media and the Google My Business and that type of thing is going to become really relevant. So when I talk to a potential customer, when I talk to someone that I'm just, you know, chit-chatting with in an event or something, you know, the first thing I ask them is, you know, what's, 
where do you get your leads at? How do you do things? And nine times out of 10, a lot of people will say, oh, I just, I do all my business word of mouth. I don't need online marketing. Well, that's an illusion in my opinion, because even word of mouth, if, if your brother-in-law tells the guy at the gym that, hey, my brother-in-law does ponds or landscaping or mows yards or whatever, they're still going to go online and research you before they call you. That's just the way people think. I do the same thing. If, if I'm going to do, I just recently I'm looked for putting solar in my home. So the first thing I did was went online and find the top five companies that I liked. I went through those. I looked at their website. I went to their mission statement to see what they're about. You know, are they locally here in Kentucky or are they a corporate company that's going to send somebody in from God knows where to come in? And then, and then I'm left holding the bag if something goes wrong or something like that. So the same thing applies to landscaping and ponds or any, any other service that you look for. People want to research you and they want to find you online. And they the days of introducing somebody and and shaking their hand and as a first impression is gone, in my opinion. It's, it's the online the online world is what it is. So let's just talk about websites, for example. I talk to pe- a lot of people that say, hey, I, I have a website. I say, okay, let's look at it. The first thing that somebody might say is, um, oh, I, I need to update that picture. That picture is six years old. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, you, you start looking at it and you scroll down through the whole page and there's no, there, I can't find a phone number. I can't find an email address. I can't even find where this company is located. So most contractors do not know anything about online marketing and have have any reputation and that type of thing. So the first thing that we look at is for for websites is, number one, does the first thing you see, does it represent your company? You may have started out mowing grass six, seven years ago, and now you're doing these wonderful fire pits and outdoor living areas or even water features and things like that. So does the first impression of the website show the customer within it? what most people don't know, and, and you'll probably, when I say this, you'll think about it and most people like, oh yeah, I do this too with everything. You spend about 30 seconds on a website if you don't like it. it Maybe not even like that. If you click on it and it doesn't tell you, show you what you show, if you're, if you're actually looking for a service, like you're needing your lawn mode or your landscape taken care of, whatever, and you find a website and you scroll through it, you may like every picture on there. It may be beautiful, but if it didn't tell, tell me where, where you're located, I'm not going to call you because I don't, I don't know if you're local to me, if you're two states over or something like that. So Having a website that represents your brand and shows the customer right away. Um, I'm a big fan of video headers on your website, the nice, pretty videos that play. doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out video, 30 seconds to capture the attention. And then the next thing right under that video says your company name, where you're located, what you do, and a clickable phone number right there. Because mm-hmm. you never know. There's two types of customers out there. The first type is they're just searching for something, somebody to come take care of their lands, like mow their grass or clean their pond or whatever so they can get out the door and go play golf and they and they're, they're not don't have to worry about it or they have, they're busy they, they, they run around so they don't spend a lot of time researching they just want to find somebody that they trust and, and go with that and then you have the customer on the other end of that spectrum that reads every single word of your website goes to it thoroughly and, and knows everything about your business and both of those are fine as long as your website offers that availability to the to that customer so those are the main things to look for for your website I agree with you absolutely 100%. It, it, it's so important to have a website and a good quality website. Like you said, you know, if you're looking for a plumber, you're gonna, somebody across the street recommends so-and-so plumbing, yeah, you're going to go look it up. And you're going to look at, at least I do, I find myself, I'll look at their website. I'll look at, you know, maybe a Facebook picture if they have something, you know, whatever comes up when I search in Google or whatever, it's going to pop up. And I'm going to click on it. I'm going to read about it, find out, you know, look at the reviews. So I think it's so important to have it. And I think having a good quality website says a lot about your business. You know, if you're just like a mow and blow type of company, then maybe it's not so important. But if you are doing, like you said, the outdoor living spaces and then, you know, these huge patios and pergolas and water features and all this stuff, 
if you just have a basic, even just like a Google My Business page, it doesn't say a lot for your business. They may not look as professional and that may not want to hire you because of that. Don't you find that too? Yeah, yeah, and, and I would even I would going back to the, like you said that even if you're just a small mole and blow type company, I would say that your website having some type of website, even if it's not a huge thirty or forty page website, if it's just three or four pages that represent your company is important as well because it's kind of like having back before websites were really become really popular years ago. You wanted a clean company truck. You wanted something that had your at least had your name and number on it. You wanted to have something that that was clean when you pulled up. It wasn't you know there was, there's not coffee cups and chip wrappers and stuff falling out the door. And your tools are nice and neat and that type of thing because that people pay attention to that type of stuff. Same thing with a website. When they go to your website, if they see a jumbled mess of you know ten different pictures that are flashing around everywhere and they can't really find what they're looking for, you know, the, the menus over here somewhere where you can't really find the services that you do and you don't have a clear message to that person, they're just going to, they're going to back off and go find somebody else. There's plenty of other people out there that are doing it. So having that, that first, the first impression is, is super important for the website. And then after the first impression, then, then we get into, you know, do you have different pages for each service? Or you have one page that has all your services on it. And we can get into here in a minute talking about once you've built this nice website and represent your company, how do you get it found? Mm-hmm. We use an analogy and when we do, we do a lot of talks to different conferences and stuff like that. And we use the analogy. It's like, having this brand new shiny Corvette and you park it in your garage, you never drive it around. <laughs> so the only people that know that you have this nice shiny brew Corvette is the people that you bring to your house and you open the door and you show them the Corvette. You're not out there driving around for people to see it. And it's the same thing with the website. You can have the most beautiful website in the world, but if you're not being found online, it's just, it's hard in the garage and not out there working. So yeah, we try to simplify things down. We talk about it and it really, it's not that we're dumbing it down. It's just we're talking in contractor terms to people, and everybody understands that, and it's it's just common sense when you sit back and think about it. Well, and this kind of leads into kind of the next question is that's kind of the difference between doing it yourself versus hiring a professional like yourself right? because you know these little tips and tricks that they may not. Like they are great at doing landscaping and lawn maintenance and whatever, but they may not know all that stuff. They don't stay up to date with all the trends and you know everything that goes on with the SEO and everything where a professional like yourself does. So what are some advantages and disadvantages you see of doing it yourself versus hiring a professional? The only disadvantage of hiring a professional is cost. I mean, that's then everybody has their budget and their marketing budget. And so that's the only when you when you start looking at good professional quality websites that rank well online, you know, there, there's a cost associated with that, that you have to be willing to invest in your company. And, and a lot of times for smaller companies or startup companies, that cost may or not be feasible. I mean, honestly, may not be feasible into their budget and they need to grow some first. So there's lots of DIY type website um, tools out there like Wix and different different type of things that, that make it really easy for somebody to do. But the downside of doing it yourself is always time, time and knowledge. Even with one of these um, WYSIWYG web creators, what you see is what you get creators where you can drag and drop everything in and type it in. You still have to have the knowledge and the ability to put it to, together a nice clean website. You have to learn you know, how, where everything goes and how that goes. So there's time involved with that. You have to know how to type up the messages so that you sound professional. You're representing your company. Even myself, I, I have people, I've done several websites myself over the years, but anymore, I don't, I don't do the websites anymore. I have professionals that do it and they have, we have somebody that goes through grammatically and checks the website. I mean, even being a computer developer, my first websites, I mean, my wife went through it and was like, what, what are you saying here? This just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, so, so having, having the resources to have someone to proofread it, um, I mean, not everybody's married to an English teacher or knows an English teacher. Or something. So 
And it's just an enormous amount of time that's invested in doing even just a one or two page website by the time you learn it. The worst situation I've seen is I have a cousin or I have a nephew or whatever that does websites and they, so you have them do it. And if you don't research and see if they don't do a lot of them, they just know how to do it. Then you could get back and you, and you look at it and you're like, oh, this isn't really what I wanted, but it's my nephew and I don't want to hurt his feelings. So how do I, that's just a bad situation to be in. So, I mean, that's, that's, there's several negatives to the DIY, but the, in my opinion, the only positive, same thing as the only negative with professional is you save that money. Because your end goal is not to build a killer website that's the best website in town or whatever. Your goal is to get more landscaping jobs so you can go do landscaping, do your ponds, and build your business with that. So it's kind of like you're a small business owner. You know, if you wear too many hats, you get nothing done. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> See, I, I agree 100% on that. It's like anything, whether, you know, you don't know electrical work in your house, you're going to you're gonna go hire an electrician to come do that. Or if you don't know how to work on a car, you're going to go to a mechanic to do it. Same thing here. Put your time and energy in the things that you need to do, whether it's selling your work or doing whatever you need to do for your business to grow versus having somebody else, you know, just do a simple website. But I I would encourage you to do your research on whoever you're going to hire to do your website. Like you said, you don't want to necessarily hire your cousin or nephew or whoever. But there are other professional services out there that I would say are somewhat scammy in the way they build some things. Don't you find that, too? Yes, yes. So you want to do your research on websites. The ones that are scammy are usually pretty easy to seek out. They're either really, really cheap. So, you know, I mean, you get what you pay for. And that's just the bottom line on, on a website. So you get exactly what you pay for with that. There's two ways that professional companies sell websites. So if you get past the spam people, so you're talking about reputable website companies. So there's two ways that people sell websites. The first way is they charge a monthly fee. Usually you pay a lower setup fee and you, you pay a set monthly fee because that company wants to. Their business model is that we're going to keep you as a customer over time. We're going to keep your websites updated for you. We're going to keep your pictures updated fresh for you. We're going to you know, bring you on as a longtime customer because we want to do business with you. And then there's another set of companies that just say, okay, you pay a one-time fee. It's usually much more than your set of fee with that company, and you get your website. Well, that's fine, and, and, and there's a lot of good companies do that, but you don't get the support. And they may offer, you know, you, get, you can buy additional support for once a month and stuff like that. One of the things you really want to look for when you're doing a website is, am I going to get ranked online? Are you going to include the bits and pieces and behind the scenes stuff that Google likes to make to say when somebody searches for your services in your area that it populates to the top and you're found? I would say probably 90% to 95% of the companies out there that do website design, whether it's a monthly fee or whether it's a one-time fee, do not offer SEO in their initial package. So that's one question to ask is, am I going to be found online? And don't, don't take yes for an answer. Do your research on the customers and, and, and have them show you, hey, search this area and, oh, here's the results. These three are my customers. This is a compet- This is not my customer. And, and have them do an honest online review of something like that. So that's where that all falls in. But be very careful that you, again, are you going to buy a Corvette and you're going to park in the garage? Because that's what a lot of people are selling. They're not giving you the gas. They're not giving you the map to get, drive around. They're not giving you any of that stuff that, that that website needs to be out there working for you and bringing in business with that. So that's what I'm real careful for. The second thing I would look for, say you need to look for is, is this company familiar with your business and your trade? That's a huge, absolutely huge requirement in my opinion. Because there's companies, if you find a, you can find a great website. Say you have a friend that owns a plumbing company and they did their website and they specialize in plumbers and electricians. So a lot of companies specialize in services. 
well, that company's going to do a really good electrical or plumbing website for you. But say you're a pond professional. They're not going to know anything about the pond industry. They're not going to know how to build a pond, how to do, or even landscaping or that type of stuff. So have the, do they have customers already established in your trade and in your services that you can go look at and see their websites and see that, oh, they've done a, a mainly pond industry website or they have these landscape customers and that? Because at the end of the day, if they don't know your business, they're not going to be able to, to relay the message to your customers about that business. So you're going to end up writing all the content, which goes back again to you're hiring a company and it's okay to write your about us page and okay for you to be involved in the content creation, but you really want to come out with a baseline of here's the message. For example, if you mow yards, there's only so many ways to say you mow yards. (laughs) If you're landscaping, there's only so many ways you can say I'm a landscaper. So having that knowledge of the industry and that those little tidbits that you don't have to do, so it's become the cookie cutter deal at that point. Even though it's a custom website, you're going to have some common terms and terminologies and words that with your competitors. The trick is to you know convince. And again, that goes back to pictures, your mission statement, your about us to where. So if you have two identical companies that both do great work and they your competitors, then at the end of the day, the pictures, your mission statement, your about us telling, telling that customer, hey, this is why you should hire me. Versus this guy does just as good a work. I mean, he does great work, but I fit your your personality better than he does. And that's for the customer to decide. Now, when I from the H2O Designs perspective, that's what I tell people. Read our ballast page. Read our mission statement. Look at our style, especially with the hardscapes and things like that. We have a more, very more, a natural, we use a lot of boulders. We do a lot of um, water features. We do a lot of pori designs with the boulders and the integrate in. We're not a formal design company. So your website needs to tell the customer that if they're looking for a formal contemporary design, hey, we're probably not the company for you. You need to look for somebody else. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the wording is so important. And that's where the advantage, too, of hiring someone like yourself. They know exactly what you said, how to say it, but it's also incorporating some of those key words that need to be in there that people are searching for. Yes. And that's where if you're doing it yourself, you may not know all that and understand all that. So it is important. You mind sharing, too, a little bit about what are some like main pages that we should have on our website? Yes, yes. This is this is one of my pet peeves from a website designer standpoint. Again, you get what you pay for. So a lot of times, you know, you'll be able to get, I don't want to say cheaper because it could be a good, a decent website, but a less expensive website. If you just do a Ooh. home about us and then you have one page that has all your services listed down. So which I see a lot of these style websites, they're a reduced cost. But the way that Google works is, is Google doesn't, everybody's like, I want my website index. Well, Google doesn't necessarily index your website. It indexes each individual page of your website that in turn has your website showing up. So it's a simple numbers game. If everybody's going to have their homepage, their gallery, and their about us page. Most everybody, I've seen websites, they just have a homepage and it just goes on and on and on forever. <laughs> well, Google is going to look at those pages and say, okay, this page is about 10 different things. I can't really give it a good priority on any one thing. So what we recommend doing is every major service that you offer. So I've been in the pond industry for a long time, so I'll just give an example. So if you offer pond installations, pondless waterfalls, and fountainscapes, and you also do a maintenance-type service, you do cleanouts, maintenance, fall maintenance, um, leak repairs, those type of things. Well, I've just named off eight different pages that you need to have on your website. Each one of those needs to focus on those key terms. Because the way that you get listed is, is if you have one page on your website that's focused on pond leak repair, well, that the title on that page says pond leak repair. It says what location it is. But Google says, oh, this page is about pond leak repair. 
John Doe over here searched for Pond Lake Repair, so this is an exact match. I'm going to give them priority versus somebody that mentions Pond Lake Repair with 10 other services. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's a word matching game that you're, that you're playing with Google. You're, you're trying to match what the customer searches for and exactly to that. And a lot of times in different areas of the country, what we found is like in some areas of the company, it's called a, a disappearing waterfall. Some areas of the country is called a pondless waterfall. So you have to kind of, you have to interview the customers is one thing we do. We do an onboarding call with all of our customers. That's another important thing when you're searching for a company. Are they just going to have you fill out a form and just spit you out a website? Because there's no way they have any idea what your company's about. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we always do an onboarding call. And it's just a, it's just like we're doing right here. It's just an interview talking back and forth. We have a set of questions we ask. But we want to hear what our interviewers are looking for or our, or our customer representatives are looking for. How did they say this terminology? How did they, did they say mulch or did they say something else? And that gives us a clue into if you talk a certain way, then, then you're going to type a certain way when you're searching them. And what we're focused on, we're focused on is we want to grab customers from their local area. So that local slang and terminology becomes very important to repeat that on your website. I can attest to this portion because we used to say like our model in our business was your, your water feature and hardscape specialist. Mm-hmm. People didn't understand necessarily what hardscapes were. Right. We found ourselves explaining to it like, I never thought about it, but that's what the term we use in our industry, but the public doesn't really understand what hardscape is. So right. we, we have to go back and adjust that, like you said, to what the customer understands and, and needs and looking for. So I, I agree with that. <laughs> And I've, I've even suggested people, like, I don't know what people ask for. It's like, well, ask your customers. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, you're out there doing business, ask them, you know, what did, what did you search for? And if they say they search for patio every time and don't say hardscapes, then you don't need hardscapes anywhere on your on your website. Yep. And a lot of people call them fire pits um, versus um, grill islands are a big thing. Outdoor kitchens, grill islands, outdoor bars. So there's, there's terminology things with all of that that we try to hone in on and, and talk to us. So, when you're, when you're hiring a web development company, are you going to spend hours and hours of back and forth emails and filling out forms and that type of thing? Or are you going to do a simple, I mean, you can, you can do a one hour conversation. I don't even know how long I would take back and forth emails and forms to, to equate to that one hour, just a simple conversation and, you know, being human, talking to people and understanding what their business is about. And that creates that. Cause again, if we can talk to that person and understand what their business is about, what their mission statement is, and even if they don't have a mission statement, I always ask customers, well, you don't have a mission statement, but why do you do this? What's your purpose in doing this? It can't be just to make money. You can make money doing a lot easier things than, than owning your own business. So there's got to be a reason why you, at the end of the day, you sit back and say, oh, I'm fulfilled. This is why I do this. So that's, I would say 90% of your contractors do not have a mission statement. Mm-hmm. And people respect that because it tells you, if you can make a personal relationship or a personal connection with a customer, you can charge whatever you want to. That customer likes you. I mean, you can't be ridiculous about it, but you can be the highest price as long as you do quality work. And that's what you're looking for. Nobody wants a bad customer. Yep. What I found is nine times out of 10 is you, you don't necessarily have a bad customer. You and that customer don't relate. Their personality does not click with your personality, which will never end up into a good client relationship. You want to talk to the customer like you would stand in front of them and tell them your story through your website because you don't you don't get the chance to make the first impression like say, in face anymore. Your first impression is your online presence. I was always told friends buy from friends. So yes. you want to do what you can to build that relationship. Exactly what mm-hmm. you said. Is there anything else that you find that we need to be doing for our website itself? Yeah, on the websites, it's like I said, having, having multiple pages. And what you got to realize, too, is a lot of people focus all their time and energy on their homepage. So their best pictures are on their homepage. They update the message, and, and that's what they do. But like I said earlier, Google doesn't necessarily index just your homepage. 
if your website's done right, every one of your pages will be indexed for the special services. So the first page that that customer sees may be your grass mowing page or your landscaping page or your, your pond repair page or something like that, because that's what they search for. So make sure that with, let's say your pond repair page, make sure you have a good, the same clear message, the same, you know, nice picture at the top, what the page is, what you do, what area you're in, clickable phone number, all that has to be relevant all the way across your website, not just on the homepage. I find a lot of people that, especially with a DIY person, because they're, they're fresh for time. They've, they've done their own their own website, so they, oh, I'm going to get my website, my homepage looking good, but these other pages may have a picture of a pond you did eight years ago, well, or a landscape you did eight years ago. Everybody in the construction business is a better craftsman today than they were eight years ago. You just, it's the same, you learn and you get better and better, so you should have pictures that represent your craft on every page. Sure. And be updated and kept up to date. I was just going to ask that. How how often should we be updating the pictures and how important is it to have a, a good quality picture? I mean, should we be going out hiring a professional photographer or can we just use our phones? What what do you suggest for that? No, you can, you, the way phones are now, I mean, they're, you can produce movies on the stupid mm-hmm. things. You know what I mean? yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, just, just, so you can just use pictures off of your phone, um, you know, download them, upload them, upload them. If you're doing it yourself, you know, just take pictures. Once a year is plenty. You're not going to change. You're not going to, as long as you got good pictures. If you're just starting out and you don't have good pictures, and I would say you need to update your website every month. Every single month you need to be going in. If it, so, so say if you did this first landscape and it's a couple of bushes and, you know, a small area, and then you just completed this big grand landscape, you want to make sure that grand landscape is up there. Bit. But if you have several grand landscapes and you're a seasoned professional and, you know, it, it looks as good as it did last year, then once a year is plenty. Okay. But what, what I found, if you let it go once a year, then it goes two years. <laughs> then it goes three years. <laughs> so, yeah. And another thing you can do, too, especially for smaller businesses or people who are just starting out, you can take one project and get several different angles and pictures and stuff like that and build different pages. So you may have one project that has a fountain on it, some nice landscaping, some irrigation, some lighting. So from one job, you can get four service pages right off the bat with good pictures to put up there and build your website with. So mm-hmm. I think people try to overcomplicate the media part of everything, especially when it comes to social media. We can talk about that in a minute. But it's good to have, and you can even do something as simple as taking, remember I talked about a header video? Mm-hmm. It's easy to produce an iMovie or something like that with your pictures and stuff and just do a slideshow or something like that. Um, you know, When you're a larger company like we are, we, we have our, our videos and our pictures and stuff produced for us. Which is fine if we, we have the marketing budget that does that. But if you're a smaller company, you can just you know do a slideshow, do something, shoot a video on site and take a clip out of that video. One of the coolest things I learned, and I've been doing this forever, and I, I learned it last year, is you can take a live photo on the iPhone, like of a water feature of a, of a bird or something like that, and loop it. And you have an automatic looping video for your website. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, why didn't I think of this? You know? That's <laughs> yeah, and you, it's something you could totally do yourself. You don't have to hire somebody to do this grand video. You just have a waterfall sitting there running on top of the page, and it tracks your attention. It, 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 it's it's beautiful with that. So. That is one thing I learned a long time ago. I, actually, I think it might have been like a pandemonium or some kind of aquascape event. Was I can't remember the photographer's name. It was Tony, maybe? Anyhow, Tony, yeah. yeah. He was telling us, you know, you're taking – multiple pictures of this project from different angles down low up high you know all different mm-hmm. things that's one thing i learned and I, I did take that personally started using that in our business and so it is kind of cool yeah and it's kind of off subject the websites and stuff but one of the best things you can do is especially landscapers when for for me as a pond professional for years or even in the hardscape industry we can't get finished photos until the landscaper does his job mm-hmm. because then you just have dirt and stuff around but for landscapers especially even lawn maintenance people 
you're finished when you leave. Your guy, if you're not there yourself, your guys should be snapping photos. And everybody has a smartphone now. Or you should be snapping photos that day. That way you don't have to take the time to go back and do it. And it's always good to go back a year or two later when those plants and stuff mature in to get those pictures. And I realize everybody's busy and that's that's asking a lot of a contractor. But I've been driving driving along one day and have like an extra 15 minutes waiting for an appointment. And I have a customer I installed a pond for three years ago. I said, hey, can I swing by and get a couple of photos? Oh, it's a mess out there. You don't want to do this. And I just want a couple of close-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't care that there's, you know, things like that. And a lot of times I'll pick up their patio for them and like <laughs> clean it up so that I get some good pictures, you know. So that's very important for even if you're, you're doing it yourself or you're having a professionally done website is keeping that constant flow of media flowing into because over the years, your, your message is going to stay the same. A, a landscape is a landscape, a tree is a tree, a grass one. The, the content, it stays the same. And, you, and we still try to update the content, but you're just you're finding different ways of saying different things. But if you just update the pictures on those pages, Google sees it as an updated page and gives you, you know, hey, this is a fresh page. So we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but having an online presence is more than just your website. It's, you know, it's being on social media, Google My Business, email marketing. Yes, you mind talk a little bit about, you know, all these different types of things? I know we can go hours talking about each individual one, but what are you finding that we need to be doing as landscapers to be out there? Yeah, so my business partner, BJ, he actually, that's when we when we met, well, we met several years older when he came to me with this idea of our business. He was actually doing, he built his business on Facebook. He didn't have a website. So he figured out a way in Facebook, they used to have what they call notes, to optimize those notes so that Google would index them and find his website page. It was pretty, pretty, pretty in, in, engineer. I don't, pretty smart, ingenious. Right? Right, right, right. I guess genius. You. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's so Facebook is a, they're all tools. Mm-hmm. So and I relate this out to, uh, to when I'm talking to people because I try to break things down, not keep things not technical. Your website you can think of as your truck. You know, you, you have to, in my opinion, you have to have your website as your as your home base for things to go to. You can start if you can't afford a website right now. You can definitely start off with renting a truck, which means you don't have a website and you start off with the social media and that, but eventually you're going to need a, a piece of equipment. So maybe a truck's not like maybe having a, a machine or something like that's a good analogy. But Facebook is a tool that can gain you a lot of, a lot of notoriety, but you're, again, you're telling your story. You're telling your story through pictures, through, I, we post all of our reviews on Facebook. Every time we get a review through Google or, fa- or Facebook, or even we have a private system that we use that, uh, that gets reviews and it doesn't go anywhere. We even post those up there so people can see, hey, you're getting reviews. This is what people are saying. about. So, again, you're telling your story. So every job we do goes on Facebook. We have pictures of it. We do. We actually do a project showcase every month, which is a little bit more involved for the, those starting out. But if you have a, if you have a larger business and can't afford or have people in-house, we have all of our project showcases created in-house. My daughter actually does all of our um, our video editing and all that stuff. It's kind of like a hobby of hers, so she took it on and did it. So if you have that resource, then you can definitely use that. Or you know, if you have the funds to to hire somebody out to do that, that's great. But you don't have to. Mm-hmm. We started doing Facebook. You can do those. You can do a Facebook Live or just shoot the video where you hold the camera up in in face. And one of my pet peeves is if you're if you're going to do a walkthrough at a job and post it on Facebook, it's okay to start it off with your you know I'm Jeff Duggins with Ace Designs. But flip that screen fast. Introduce yourself and then flip it and then start talking because people don't want to see your face sitting there talking most of the time. They want to see the project and the pieces you're talking about. So if you're walking around for a minute and a half with your phone in your face, you've lost my attention. That's just my personal opinion with that. But what I've seen is we get more engagements off of um, nature pictures. So if you did a great landscape 
And even if you just put a bird bath in it, take a video of the birds in the bird bath and show it and then just pan out to the landscape. That's going to catch people's attention. So having that consistent posting, everybody thinks that you, I don't have time to do Facebook or I don't have time to post like this. Once a week is plenty. We do three or four week posts a week again, but I have people doing that for me. I'm, and I started off by myself. So, I mean, I know how hard it is to do that. Even if you're just on the job site and you're the guys, a lot of people like to see how things come together. So if you're on the job site and it's, they're edging the beds or they're they're starting the the waterfalls or they're you know different things like that informative like type posts that, that show people how to will get you a lot of traffic as well but but again you're just sitting there you're you're trying to establish the fact that this is what we do this is how we do it this is our culture this is the style that we go with and doing that consistently is very important one of the, my pet peeves with business sites there's two pet peeves if you own a business, have a business page. Don't do your Facebook on your personal account. If you have a business page, don't post personal stuff on your business page. This is where that line gets crossed. If you have a water feature house and the kids are over playing in the pond, having a good time, enjoying it, that's perfectly fine to post on, on your page. Don't post something political or whatever on your on your group page. Nobody nobody cares what side of the aisle you're on or whatever with that and you and you sure as hell don't want to be doing it on your business page where you're throwing customers away whatever you can you can say what your beliefs are you know there's a line across and everybody knows what that line is and, it, and that line's really your personality you're showing your personality on your page so that's that's you be careful what you're showing yeah i i agree with that like there's definitely a line between your personal and business because if you are doing kind of we'll say not so smart things on your personal page and they happen to link those two together and they see that they may not hire you because of that. So I think it's yeah. important to be smart about that. <laughs> yeah. So should we be on like all the different types of platforms should be on, you know, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, or, or just pick one or two or what, what are your suggestions on that? We have this discussion almost every month in the office. <laughs> so our, the, the lady that runs our social media, we do Facebook, which links with Instagram. Actually, I think I'm, I'm talking outside of my expertise here, but I, I know the plan for it. So I actually, I think we post stuff on Instagram and it gets posted to Facebook. Mm-hmm. So those links, so you can kill two birds with one stone there. And that's, that's pretty, pretty straightforward and, and, and would be my suggestion. I believe we do a little bit of TikTok, but not a lot. And again, you're looking at what is your target audience? Like for, for my business, my target audience is 30 to 55, upper middle class, upper middle income, I should say. So that's your target audience. So what platform are they using? And that's exactly that's Facebook's platform. TikTok's more of your um, younger crowd, I believe, with that. But you know, if you're into lawn maintenance and landscaping and stuff like that, there's a lot of your younger adults that are getting married, buying, buying their first home. You know, that needs they're really busy. They're working their way up, so they they'll pay somebody to mow their yard, or they they just bought a new home and the land they want some landscaping and stuff like that. So those know your audience and platform and, and know what your business it probably goes back to a lot of the things you teach who is your target customer mm-hmm. and focus most of your efforts there and you'll pick up some from the other demographics but what is, what is your target customer we believe instagram facebook are a must and we believe that um we i think we use we do some stuff on tiktok just to we experimented with it and it seemed to have a little bit of success so we keep doing it with that but i mean if you're pressed for time then definitely focus on those two and, and let it go the Google My Business is a whole different. It's they're trying to be a social platform, but they're really a business platform. And I think that's that's as important as having your website yeah. as well. Yeah, and I've been reading more and more. People are suggesting that you should be posting to Google My Business more than what we have been because it's searchable. Is that correct? Yes. Well, Facebook's still searchable too. One of the things yeah. with Facebook, I kind of skipped over this, is 
remember we talked when we first got started about how we created this linking club mm-hmm. with our websites and different customer stuff. Well, every every link you can get is is valuable, especially so when you post something on Facebook. What I do is I don't do it. We don't do a lot of in the field. Here's the picture. We post it. We get the picture, and then we'll open it. But when you put in the comments, we always put in. If you want to learn more about Palmas Waterfalls, click here, and it links to. So creating those links, not on every single post that has to be there, but creating consistent links back to your website is going to give that website a little bit more authority and let and let it rank up a little bit more there. So as far as Google My Business. It's been around forever. Just in the last year, they made it. Google's made a real big push and saying, "Hey, if you do Google My Business, you should, you're going to get like better results and stuff." So they're really they're trying to, and you can they're actually trying to sell websites through Google My Business. I haven't experimented in that, but with Google My Business, it has to be more than just here's my business page. Again, you have to spend a little bit of upfront effort on it. We offer a service that's called um, Reputation Management to help customers, you know, build that Google My Business page in, in a form to where it's going to work for you, get found online better, and also tell your story and represent your company. And that, and that involves doing a good description of your company, linking it back to your website, keeping the pictures relevant and out there, creating products and projects, telling it which services you offer, telling it where you offer the services at, you know, completing that profile. It takes a couple hours to do something like that. And, and there's certain ways you can do it to optimize it to where it should, where you show up on more searches because it's not really with Google My Business. It's not a matter of ranking in the organic results. It's a matter of getting a broader result across more services and more locations so that you can show up more because that's prime property on Google searches, on search engines. If your company can show up for multiple services on that Google My Business section of the of the, um, of the website, that's great because that's it's right there. So people are going to click on it first. And again, once they go there, they need to be able to link back to your website and your website needs to tell the same. Another thing we didn't talk about is your Facebook, your website, and your Google My Business, and anything else you do needs to have a consistent theme and story all the way around. If you do several different services on your homepage, pick your primary services, what you do, and keep that consistent. So you don't want to click on, you don't want to be looking for landscaping because there's a lot of um, electrical contractors or, or different contractors in different trades that also do landscaping on the side and want to get out of that industry and grow this industry. We get that a lot from people. So if that's what you want to focus on, then make sure that your Facebook page isn't focused on electrical. You mean, even if you have to separate the businesses out and make two businesses because they get lost. I mean, if you feel like if you go into a store, if you go into a pet store and you open it up and there's a bunch of lamps and couches everywhere, you're like, hey, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. So do you have any suggestions for those that are just kind of starting out in this industry? You know, they're fairly new, you know, a year or so in or just getting started. What are some of the things that they should be making posts about? Yeah. So, I mean, you should be posting about, and, and and it's okay to be honest. You always want to look bigger than you are, but you can't be dishonest. That's that's out the door. But you don't have to tell people that, hey, this is my first job. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I, I didn't know what I was doing on this job. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> so don't be, don't be that honest. But you can say, hey, check out this landscaping. We're, we're new. We're new in the area. We're new to this industry. Check out this first job. We'd love to make you another great customer. That type of stuff, you know, Focus on your positives, the fact that you did a great job, the fact that you're experienced, you know, that type of stuff. And focus on, like, if you have a part of the job that's not finished, zoom in on the part that's finished since you want to talk on. Uh, a lot of our, our pond pictures aren't finished yet. We just, at the end, we'll say, can't wait for the landscaping to be done so this project will, will grow in and look complete. So we let people know this is not how we left it. Mm-hmm. We have a landscaper coming in or they're going to get a landscaper coming in and, and, tell, and, and finishing this job up for you. That's important. I would say consistency is the biggest thing if you're new. Even if you're not doing 
two or three jobs a week. If you're doing one job, if you're, if you're doing it part time, you're doing one job every month or something like that. Then focus on different aspects of that one job you did or go back and, you know, if you've done two or three jobs, go back and, and push that other job to the top with that. So it's OK. It's OK to use one job and do several weeks worth of per, post. If you're if you are that slow and you're just getting started like that, don't spend all your money up front. Don't try to do five posts in one day as soon as you finish the job and show everything out there. Plan it out, knowing that you know you need content for the next four or five weeks. And we do this a lot too. I mean, Amy does this a lot. She'll go back to like if I get a picture, or whatever. Hey, check out this different angle of the of the of the job that we did three months ago or whatever. But that so it's kind of it gives us content because it, even as much work as we do, we struggle for content too a lot of times because some of the projects we do take you know four to six weeks to complete, and you're you're in that limbo in between there where your your maintenance guys are out seeing things every day. So we try to fill that in with different stuff with that. So even as a large company, you're still going to struggle. You don't want to spend all your money up front. You want to make sure you have a schedule. It. Another thing you can do with Facebook that I really like and Instagram as well is you can schedule. You can sit down on a Sunday and schedule out the post for the next month, and that's and that's going to be that way. That way you can go do your job, not to worry about it. And set a day of the set a day of the month, a day of the week, or whatever, and dedicate that day. And like you know, for like I love to watch football. So what I do, what I do is like Saturday morning before a football game start, I block off two hours. And I, like I said, I don't do my social media posts, but that's when I get, you know, these are the things I have to get done today so I can go watch football this afternoon. So, I mean, schedule your time. I mean, it's, it's easy to get lost up on it. If you have kids, it's even harder. So you have to schedule time with that. But, you know, make sure you schedule time to do the things you do and don't just say, I'll get to that. I'm sure you teach that a lot in your, in your classes as well. Do you have any suggestions for people that have been doing this for a while? You know, they have the teams and, and they're like, I just can't get my guys to take pictures. Do you have any suggestions for that? Yes. Yes. We have the same problem. We'll, <laughs> we, and if you've run a business long enough, you know how it is. You'll, you'll set policies in place. And a month later, it's like, we, 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 we forget the meeting we had a month ago because <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So same thing with pictures. So we have a system to where they can upload pictures into our system to keep those pictures. They are required to, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, send pictures to Amy. So what, whatever you're doing, whatever it is, there's two days a week to where, and Amy, Amy, will have, Amy will send out a reminder to them to say, hey, I need pictures. Wherever you're at today, I need four or five pictures. So if you're a one-man one man band, set an alarm. Set a reminder on your alarm and say, hey, I, oh, I, today I have to get some pictures from some stuff. So set it up just like a meeting so it reminds you to do it. I'm the world's worst about forgetting things. They have to, when we, have, we go to the photo shoot, they have to remind me, like, every freaking week so I don't schedule appointments over. I even put them on a calendar. <laughs> when I'm talking to somebody, like, it's a lot of times like, I'm looking at it, it's like, oh, I can't do this. I told you I could do this. I have to call them back and say, oh. So, but yeah, having a plan together and, and setting reminders is huge for taking pictures and getting your guys to take pictures. Also, another thing, dude, is you can do incentives. We've done photo contests before. Whoever has the best photo, photo this week or this month gets a $50 gift card or $25 gift card or something like that. So you can you can incentivize, I can't say it. Put it. Yeah, there you go, you said it. <laughs> But yeah, there's different things you can do and make and make it fun. Don't make it like a job, especially yeah. if you have employees. Make it to where, you know, they, hey, even if it's just a friendly contest, whoever gets the best thing this week gets the whatever, whatever it is. But you, you got to motivate. If you tell people they have to do it, they're probably going to do it 50% of the time. But if you motivate them and make it a contest or make it fun, then they're – what I found is the guys start – I mean, they, it's, it becomes a competition. They don't mm-hmm. care about the money anymore. There's a competition of who can do the best – get the best photo or get, get the best picture this, this month or this week or whatever. The one thing I say, and this goes along with, like, not just taking pictures, but any systems or procedures you're trying to put in place, 
it's the consistency mm-hmm. over perfection. It's just constantly you're yeah, you're just, hey, don't forget you guys gotta grab some pictures today on your way out. Don't don't forget. And it's consistently reminding them. And eventually it's gonna become one of those things that they don't need the reminding. You have they'll just know it. It's like brushing your teeth in the morning. You just do it because it's part of your habit. Right. So we have to build that habit. So it's just like you said, be consistent. One of our, off the subject, one of our biggest problems is keeping the trucks clean. So we but you clean and straighten up the trucks on Friday or if we have a rain day during the week. I had one guy and he's like, like I never remembers to do it. Never does whatever. I'm like, dude, start cleaning your own car and it'll become a habit to where you keep your truck clean. And it's and it, and right. If you got to create, it's got to be a habit or it's not, it doesn't get remembered. And then, and lo and behold, when, it, when that started happening, it started, you know, I didn't have to remind anymore. Exactly. Right. The other thing I kind of want to mention is, you know, with, with a lot of these website builders and stuff, we find that they can be somewhat the similar type of website design, especially like using like Google My Business websites or stuff. We want to be a little bit different from our competitors. Do you have any suggestions for how to stand out or how to be a little bit different from our competitors? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really it's, we, we try to keep it simple, stupid. It's just be yourself because you as an individual are different than your competitors, especially in your About Us page on the website. If you're not good at typing, talk it out, record it and talk it out and have somebody else type it to you because it's easier for a lot of people. I, I can think while I type, so it's not a big deal for me, but if a lot of people talk better. If you just sit down and talk to them, they're going to tell you a totally different story of why they do this and, and what they're out for and that versus writing it down. That, that's one of the reasons why we do the, the live onboarding things with that because we want people to be, feel comfortable and the more you feel comfortable, more you're going to be yourself. So mm-hmm. it's okay for your, for even for your homepage for the first paragraph to you already you've already shown a picture of what you do you already have the title there what your services are where you're at it's okay for the first paragraph of the homepage to be a hey thank you we create one of a kind um, water features and outdoor living areas for the Central Kentucky area blah 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 and this is why we do this you're telling your story you're not getting you're not going into like your about us pages but you're telling your story right off the bat and then you get into what you do so I mean I think that's really important because like I said there's two type of customers one the first type finds the page they want, they look at the pictures, they read the titles, and they never read an inch of content. They click the button to call you because they're out the door to job, golf, their kids' ball game, whatever. They don't, they don't care. They, they had this on their list to contact somebody to fix whatever's going on in their yard, and they, they're in a hurry, so they just want to do that. Then you have the other type of customer that reads. If you want to get somebody to read your website top to bottom, tell a story on every page. Tell a story. Don't just say, we do ponds and water features, we are Central Kentucky's best, and this is how you do it. You know, tell a story. This have a picture on there and say, on this picture, you know, this is an amazing water feature we created in the whatever area. And you're also getting SEO value by doing that as well. Then that's going to encourage people to like reading a book. You know, a lot of people read the what's the thing? They read the first chapter and the last chapter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, see, make your first chapter tell, make the first part of your chapter tell a story of what you're about, what you're doing. By doing that, you're kind of open yourself up because you're you're going to turn off some customers that aren't your customers. You're going to turn off the person that doesn't like your picture. I mean, another thing, another thing real quick, if you're just getting started, it's okay to show a picture of something that you didn't do. Just put a thing in there and say, this is the type of landscape we are capable of doing this and give credits to whoever it is. Ask permission, obviously. You get a lot of manufacturers will let you use their, their pictures, which is great. But give credits to it in the fine print of it, but don't put a picture on there that you're not willing or capable of doing. I see a lot of new water feature people that have a whole page. They did the website and they have a whole page on this recreation pond. Well, you've been doing this for six months. You can't tackle a recreation <laughs> pond. I mean, you shouldn't tackle a recreation pond. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's a be, be honest with yourself. Be honest with what you're capable of. Tell that story to the customer. And then in two or three years or next year, when you get some experience under your belt, 
rewrite your story. If you have a website development company, if you paid up front for your website, it's going to cost you a little bit of money to have it rewritten, or a lot of times they'll let you go in and give you access to rewrite it, which you, with text, is you have somebody in your family that can go in and change the text for you. But if you're paying somebody monthly, you're going to get one to two hours of development time. So over the winter, don't spend it all up front. Just every month, use that time. Send them a send, hey, I want to change this. This month, I want to change this page. Next month, I'm going to send you something for this page. And, you know, as you as your story changes, you keep your reputation or your message updated with it. I love that telling the story. That's very smart. One of the things I say for like when you're out selling to a customer is to kind of share some stories, especially like if you have a pond. So it makes it very easy with ponds. I don't know why. Yes. But you can tell the stories of how they're, you know, the kids are out enjoying, especially if they have kids or their dog's been in there, you know, find stuff that relate. So I love that using that uh, on the website, too. That's that's very smart. Yeah, and it's you do the business side of the coaching, that's, and that's but it's important to also if you tell a story on your website, you better darn sure tell the same story when you meet them in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They're gonna, they're gonna, feel, and, and that's easy to do if you're open and honest here. You're just telling your, and like you said, people want to do p- work with people they can relate to and they're comfortable with. They don't want to, and that can be. I've showed up to houses before and I, I shake their hand and talk to them for five minutes, and I'm like. You know, I don't think this is going to work. You're looking for something that I don't do or, mm-hmm. or maybe mine, their personality. I mean, I had a couple and maybe it was me, maybe it was them, but I could tell right away our personalities weren't there. And, and I know it's hard to do when you're starting out and you need that job and you need that money. I can tell you for a fact, in, in 17 years in business, every job I've taken that I thought that I should walk away from, I should have walked yeah. away from. <laughs> At the end of the day, it wasn't worth it. That's good sound advice there. Not everybody's your customer, so just keep yes. that in mind. <laughs> No, and it's really tough when times are hard or when we've been through the 2007, 2008, you did too. It's, it's, yeah. it's tough to hold true to that, but I'm telling you and your website, the point of it is your website, your Facebook, your Google, my business is all a consistent message. Be honest with yourself and evaluate who you are. Do you want to do residential landscaping or do you want to commercial landscaping? Cause everybody thinks they want to do commercial because they're a big job <laughs> yeah. in any form contractor. It's a different animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a fairly large company. We do not do commercial. I don't relate to them. I don't like the boards. I don't like any of the commercial. Anything goes along with commercial projects. So Yeah. Well, Jeff, this has been awesome. This has been so educational, so informative. Appreciate being on here. You mind telling a little bit how uh, listeners can get hold of you and, and find out more information about uh, Outdoor Network Services? Yeah, absolutely. You can. The best way to, to get a hold of us is just, just to go to our website. It's outdoor-network.services, not .com.services. Once you get there, you can go to our marketing page. It has all the all the services we list. There's good links and stuff there, so that's easy. Or you can just Google Outdoor Network Services. I would tell you to um, to Google like services in your local area, but you're probably going to land on one of our customers' pages. But it's hard to get back to us because on our service pages, we want to represent the customer and not market market our business from there. So, yeah, the, the homepage website's good. Um, you can hit me up on my cell phone if you want to, or you can Facebook message me. If you Facebook message me, just like, you know, let me know who you are. And um, you can email me at um, Jeff at Outdoor Network Services. Awesome. And we'll put all those links in the show notes and descriptions, guys, so you guys can check them out. So I appreciate it. Yep. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. And just want to remind everybody, if you guys like this type of content and and like listening about the marketing and and websites and stuff, let us know by uh, sharing us and, you know, leave us a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. All right, Jeff, you got a few minutes for some fun questions? Sure. All right. Let's start off with brag to me about the best thing going on in your life in the last 30 days. The best thing in my life in the last 30 days. Um, yeah, I would say that that would be boiled down to the fact that it has to be the last year that's still going on is um, my uh, my son's decided that he wants to work for us and working with him. I mean, you don't get that 
opportunity to spend that type of time with your son. My daughter already works with us. So we have a family and I work with my wife. So that's everything's involved with that. So, I mean, I think that's, I mean, every day it's a blessing to me to get to see my family like that because most of the time people like when, when kids get to the age, my kids are, they go to college, they go to this, they do that. And so, I mean, not that I didn't want to go to college. I gave them, gave them full free ride, but I mean, getting to spend time with family and, and that on a daily basis, I mean, it just, it's just a blessing. That's awesome. That's great to hear. All right. What's one bad habit you're trying to get rid of? <laughs> one bad habit I'm trying to get rid of. Well, it's hard to pick just one. <laughs> I would say I would say getting getting distracted on a daily basis. So I'm horrible at saying, yes, I can do this. And then I have to go back and say, oh, I didn't have time to do this. So a lot of my schedule is planned out for me. So it's really bad for me to do that. But I mean, I get distracted on somebody will pick, somebody will call me and I'll answer the call when I know I got to hit this deadline. So, <laughs> so being able to, you know, cause I, I don't like not answering customers and not answering that type of stuff. So I get my distractions or the, the habit that I'm trying to break. There you go. I think most of us have that kind of issues. <laughs> I can relate. All right. Last one, your toilet paper, is it over or is it under? <laughs> A little different. <laughs> um, I actually take it off the road. Okay. So it's neither. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you no, go. I can't stand I can't stand toilet paper rolls as a pet peeve of mine. I'm <laughs> in a restaurant. If I'm in a restaurant, I'm stuck with it, right? So yeah. if I'm in a hotel or home or whatever, I, we, we don't even have toilet paper rolls in our home. We just have like a basket that sits in. Uh, there you go. <laughs> nice. All right. That's different. There you go. All right, Jeff. Well, again, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, this has been a very informative podcast here today, so I, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I hope it was helpful to somebody. Oh, yeah. And guys, go check out Jeff and his team. They've been in the industry for a long time. So definitely go check them out. Go check out their services they provide you. They can definitely get you set up with a great website and great network, as they put it. So, all right, Jeff, thanks for being on here today, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. (laughs) 